You're listening to ReachMD, and this episode of Project Oncology is sponsored by Lilly. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Emerging research has changed the treatment landscape for non-small cell lung cancer, but for patients with EGFR-mutated disease, treatment can be especially challenging. So what might we do to prevent disease progression and improve patient outcomes when it comes to the selection of first-line therapy? Welcome to Project Oncology on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to explore first-line treatment strategies for metastatic EGFR-mutated non-small cell lung cancer is pneumonologist Dr. Nicolas Girard, who's head of medical oncology at the Institut Curie in Paris. Dr. Girard, welcome to the program. Thank you for inviting me. To start us off, Dr. Girard, would you give us an overview of the first-line therapies available for metastatic EGFR-mutated non-small cell lung cancer? Sure. Historically, treatment of EGFR-mutant non-small cell lung cancer is based on EGFR-TKIs that have been compared to chemotherapy and demonstrated a benefit in terms of PFS and overall survival. Our current standard of care is ozimertinib, which is a third-generation TKI that demonstrated its superiority in terms of PFS and OS as compared to first-generation EGFR TKI. With ozimertinib, we may expect a median PFS of 18 months, translating into a benefit in terms of overall survival with a median OS of 39 months from the data of the landmark trial, the FLORA randomized phase 3 trial. The issue with ozimertinib is actually that at the time of disease progression, we have limited options as the resistance mechanism to ozimertinib diverse, difficult to identify, and a majority of patients actually receive chemotherapy after the failure of ozimertinib. So how does TKI therapy or tyrosine kinase inhibitor therapy compare with other treatment options such as immunotherapy, chemotherapy, or other targeted therapies? Well, the TKIs demonstrated a benefit as compared to cisplatin-based chemotherapy. These TKIs have not been compared to immune checkpoint inhibitors that were not available at the time these were developed. Actually, EGFR mutant non-small cell lung cancer is a disease that is not highly sensitive to immune checkpoint inhibitors targeting the PD-1, PDL one pathway. This is because EGFR is not that much immunogenic because EGFR mutations lead to an immunosuppressive microenvironment with an infiltration of Tregs that inhibit anti-tumor responses. In the clinic, Studies that looked at the efficacy of immune checkpoint inhibitors in EGFR mutant cell lung cancer failed to show any benefit. And in some patients, we may have hyperprogressive disease. So right now, room for immune checkpoint inhibitors in EGFR mutant cell lung cancer is unclear. These treatments should not be administered as first, second-line treatment. Maybe they may have some efficacy 
in combination with chemotherapy, plus minus antiangiogenics, but this remains to be further studied. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Project Oncology on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Nicolas Girard about first-line treatment strategies for metastatic EGFR-mutated non-small cell lung cancer. So, Dr. Girard, if we take a step back and focus on the overall approach to treatment, uh, what are some strategies you use to delay disease progression in patients with metastatic EGFR-positive non-small cell lung cancer? Well, we need to obviously discuss new strategies for those patients. We have ozimertinib, but as I discussed, the efficacy is actually limited in terms of duration of response, in terms of duration of efficacy, especially if we look at the global treatment sequence. If we go back to available options, we have opportunities with the sequencing of first, second-generation TKIs, followed by ozimertinib in the setting of T790M mediated acquired resistance. And actually, with this sequencing of two lines of EGFR TKIs, we may actually prolong the overall efficacy of TKI's treatment within the global treatment strategy for patients. We need to optimize each of those TKI lines of therapy, and we have data, especially from the relay trials, that demonstrates benefit of combining erlotinib, which is a first-generation TKI, with ramucirumab, which is a VEGFR2 inhibitor. So combination of EGFR TKI plus anti-angiogenic agents that lead to a prolongation of PFS as compared to erlotinib alone, and which actually allow a subsequent treatment with ozimertinib as second line in the setting of T790M mutation. So obviously, we need to have additional follow-up from the relay trial to assess the actual duration of TKI treatment in those patients and whether such benefit in terms of PFS translates into an overall survival benefit. But at this point, this strategy would probably allow more prolonged duration of treatment with any EGFR TKI as compared to ozimertinib alone. Obviously, this requires close monitoring of the patients, rebiopsy at the time of disease progression after first line to identify the resistance mechanism, T790M mutation, that predicts the efficacy of second line ozimertinib. You'd mentioned progression-free survival. Are there any other outcomes we might optimize for these patients? And if so, how? We need to optimize overall survival, as ozimertinib actually demonstrated the benefit in terms of overall survival. But we need, as I mentioned, to consider quality of life. And obviously, TKI treatment are better tolerated than chemotherapy. So if we prolong the duration of treatment with EGFR TKIs, we may expect a benefit in terms of quality of life for those patients. We have additional options 
that are currently under investigation in the first line treatment of EGFR mutant non-sponsored lung cancer. That is a combination of third generation EGFR TKI with chemotherapy, such as in the FLORA2 trial, or combination with antibodies targeting EGFR and MET, such as Emiventamab, that is currently under investigation in the first line setting for those patients. So actually, the future of treatment for EGFR mutant and small cell lung cancer will be combination. Maybe combination with antiangiogenics, with chemotherapy, with anti-MET antibody. This will be what we will do for those patients. And now we need to understand what is the best treatment sequencing to optimize not only PFS, but also OS. Finally, Dr. Girard, I'd like to open the floor up to you. Are there any takeaways you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, yes. The key takeaway is that the story is still continuing for the development of new strategies for those patients. Ozimertinib is currently the standard of care, but maybe we will need to revisit sequencing between first, second generation TKIs combined with antiangiogenics, which allow a second line treatment with Ozimertinib. So maybe we will have this kind of strategies available and demonstrating an overall survival benefit. We have also to understand what is the best sequence regarding chemotherapy. Should it be administered as first line in combination with EGFR TKIs or later, maybe in combination with immune checkpoint inhibitors? And then agents targeting MET are also under investigation, both in the first-line setting and in the late-line setting. So we have multiple options. We need to address the issue of sequencing, ultimately, so that patients have a good quality of life, but also higher efficacy of the global treatment strategy to ensure prolonged overall survival. Well, with those final thoughts in mind, I want to thank you, Dr. Girard, for coming on to share your insights concerning one of the most prevalent types of treatable non-small cell lung cancer mutations worldwide. It was great having you on the program. Thank you. This program was sponsored by Lilly. To revisit any part of this discussion and to access other episodes in the series, visit reachmd.com slash project oncology where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.